Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. Well, calling in, this is John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby calling in from Albany, on the state of the state, we have Governor Pataki. Governor, what the heck is going on up there? <laughs> well, John, it, uh, it, you know, it's always a big day when the governor does the state of the state. And uh, it was interesting to hear her priorities for, for the upcoming year. And uh, we'll just see what happens. I think uh, I feel and I think a lot of most people in New York feel we need a change in direction of the government. And we'll see if any of that happens as a as an aftermath to the speech. Is the state going to be safer? You know, that's, uh, she talked about two things that I thought were important. One was the mentally ill and that, uh, there are those mentally ill who just need to be removed from society. And I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, and the other is on crime, particularly she focused on the shoplifting and the need to go after, uh, people who just continually rob bodegas or drugstores or whatever. And, uh, both of those initiatives I actually agree with her on. The problem, John, as you well know, is it's easy to say something in a speech. It's harder to get action done. And it remains to be seen whether these initiatives will succeed. I sure hope they do because we have to do a lot more to make New York safer. Governor, anything else to, that you want to, uh, to tell all New Yorkers? Well, I, I'll tell you, the other thing that worries me is that the energy policy because, you know, I've always been uh, way out front on green issues, but – I don't see how New York State's going to be able to rely on uh, just all electric everything and not have natural gas power plants, natural gas stoves, uh, uh, regular fueled cars uh, within the next few years. And I just think uh, uh, I worry about that, that it's easy to set goals and impose uh, standards on people. It's harder to make them work economically. So on the crime stuff, I think the, the proposals that she outlined are positive. I hope that she can get them through the legislature and get it done. On energy, I just think we have to be more realistic uh, that we need natural gas and other uh, fuels, uh, at least in the foreseeable future. Well, Governor, thank you for calling in. Governor Pataki, thank you for calling in on the State of the State from Albany, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you, John. Breaking news, WABC. Now, uh, going to Curtis Lewa on the state of what the heck is going on in uh, with the migrants in uh, Floyd Bennett Field. Uh, Curtis Lewa, where, what, where, where are you? Well, as I've always said, it's on a floodplain, and we would have problems when there's bad weather. Well, guess what? They have evacuated all 2,000 migrants and moved them to uh, Madison High School. So all the kids were sent Madison home. Madison High School? Madison High School, where Schumer and Bernie Sanders graduated. Wait, wait, wait. Now, Madison High School, just for our listeners, is it an operative high school? Yes, yes, uh, yes, all right. So yes. that's a problem, obviously. A problem. I mean, wait a minute. Well, wait, they, wait, wait. They put them in the gym or they put them in the and basement the or what? Or the girls' but, locker room? Where but, are they going? But you know what, Curtis? This isn't a surprise because everyone brought to the mayor's attention that this is not a good place for many reasons, one of those being the flooding issue. 
Well, well, it's exactly me, what they warned about. Let me explain. We have tents now on Randall's Island. We have tents in Creedmoor. And the last tents we'll put on Floyd Bennett Field. How about the ones in Orchard Beach? Uh, no, they were taken down for that very reason. Well, we put them up first. No. Taxpayers expense. I right. want to know who's paying for all these tents. You and me and all city taxpayers. But in the other tents, they're pegged into the ground. So they're solid. They can withstand more of the wind gusts we're going to have. On Floyd Bennett Field, because it was a runway, runway 19, they couldn't peg it into the ground. They had to bring in these big cinder blocks and then peg it into the cinder blocks, which is nowhere near uh, able to withstand 35 mile per hour plus So they winds. moved that many people. They moved 2,000 people to, to Madison High School? Because there's a fear of a total collapse of the tents. That and is crazy. Curtis, Curtis Lieber, thank you, and you'll be on with uh, Sid Rosenberg tomorrow at 7.05 to report, to give an update of what the heck is going on. Yeah, and why not send him to Sid's house? He's got plenty of room out there in <laughs> Bill Harper and Rodney. He says he's got leaks in his house. Yeah, exactly. Well, look. Well, then, uh, they'll be, then they'll be used to it, right? He can move to Madison High School with him. <laughs> he, he grew up right there. <laughs> Curtis Lieber, thank you for uh, <laughs> reporting in, and uh, stay safe out there, please. Will do. And okay. dry. How's the itch? Oh, your itch is my itch. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Thank you. It's vitamin B12. I have to explain vitamin B12. Right? Vitamin B12. Okay, all right. Uh, we don't want them to think it's another itch. Okay. <laughs> in the studio with us, we got Judge Richard Weinberg, and we have Craig Eaton, 10 years the GOP chair of Brooklyn, and Rita Cosby. Yep. And I understand, Rita, we got uh, all the way from uh, Harvard, from uh, Boston, uh, all over the place in Massachusetts. We have. Professor Alan Dershowitz, who is joining us now, of of course, the great Harvard Law School professor emeritus. Uh, his new book is War Against the Jews. Professor Dershowitz, uh, first, let's get to the big stuff with President Trump today. Huge hearing on immunity. Yeah. He says the president has full immunity uh, no matter what. The other side says, no, he has no immunity. Uh, where, do, where do you stand? Well, first, I'm too smart to be in Massachusetts. It's too cold. I'm Where are you now? I'm in Florida. You oh, know? you didn't it's tell just, us. Wait a minute, like everybody else. <laughs> There's a law. If you're Jewish and you're 85 years old, you have to go to Miami. So oh, I'm in Miami. Oh, lucky I'm you. So I, I, listened, I listened to the arguments today, and both sides uh, uh, overstated their position. Uh, so the uh, government, uh, through Jack Smith, argued that there's no immunity whatsoever as long as he's no longer president of the United States. That's an absurd view. That means whatever the president does or says uh, can be later used to prosecute him after he leaves office. No president would ever, ever do anything if he knew he could be prosecutor after he left office. So that's way, way, way too far. The other side said total, total and complete, complete immunity, and they asked him a hard question. What if he has the you know, uh, the Navy SEALs go and kill his political opponent. Of course, that wouldn't be covered. So here's what I predict is going to happen. I think the Court of Appeals is going to affirm the lower court, and that is deny him any immunity whatsoever. Then it'll go to the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court takes the case, they will give him some immunity for acts that are presidential, but not immunity for acts that are outside of the presidential activities. Now, how to make that distinction is going to be a hard one because everything a president does is in some ways presidential, uh, even running for office. And the hard question is, if he believed, and he honestly did, even though he was wrong, that the election was stolen from him and he has a job 
under the Constitution to enforce the laws, then maybe he had the right to complain about the laws not being enforced. So I suspect the Supreme Court will split the difference. But right now, the two arguments, both of which were quite good from a professional point of view, both overstated their positions, probably because their clients wanted them to overstate their positions. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because they came out and said, just like you were saying um, that, yes, he believes, and this is, again, Trump's position, that it's his job to make sure elections are protected. Uh, so yeah. it, there's a lot of the well, it, it's, it's in the constitution isn't it it, it is it's, but he's saying the they're saying he stretched it let, let me, it and, is and, in the constitution isn't it, it professor well it's in the constitution it doesn't say precisely what acts are or not covered by immunity but i think the supreme court will find that at least some of the acts that are in the indictment uh were covered uh can i get to another subject for one second Only absolutely newest disclosures from the Epstein file, again, completely exculpate me. They they include an email from a woman named Sharon Churcher, who was a journalist for a British tabloid, in which she says, you know, we know Dershowitz, there's no proof he did anything wrong, but put him in your book. He's famous. He did the Vambulo case. They made a movie about him. And so if you put him in the book, you'll help sell the book, even though he did nothing wrong. And so she puts me in the book. But she puts me in the book of someone who she did not have sex with. Uh, and so here we have the smoking gun. How did it start? People ask me all the time, how did you get framed? Well, now we have the smoking gun email from Sharon Churcher. And she has another statement on a recording later in which she said she now knows I'm completely innocent and did nothing wrong. So I've been completely um, by these uh, newly disclosed information, which I saw it right from the beginning. Day one, I said, I want everything revealed. If there's a videotape, I waive my privacy. I want everything revealed. And finally, these documents. I, I guess I'm not famous because I'm not I'm not in the book. <laughs> well, the, believe me, it could happen. It could happen sometime. And remember, the woman who accused me has now said that she now realizes, she now understands that she may well have mistaken me for someone else. Wow. And so uh, I have been, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as she says, the matter is over. And as far as I'm concerned, the matter is over. And so I'm moving on. But people still, Temple Emanuel still won't have me. They uh, have canceled me. A big synagogue in Miami named Beth Am uh, was supposed to speak there next next month. They canceled me because of this dump. They say, my name is on the list, and therefore I must be guilty. That's what Senator McCarthy used to say. He would hold up a list and say, I have 47 people in the State Department who are communists. And that's what Temple Beth Am said. I'm on the list, but they didn't read the list. They didn't see that I'm on the list proving my innocence. And yet they still canceled my speech. And uh, at Professor Dershowitz, before we let you go, speaking of the list, um, there's a lot of calls now for the Harvard corporate board um, to maybe uh, be pushed aside. Resign. Resign. Exactly. Uh, and Bill Ackman, of course, the big hedge fund guy. And a lot of people yeah. are saying, you know, after the whole Claudine Gay, uh, you look at the list. It's kind of an interesting who's who of a number of people. I'm looking at it here. Um, you know, one of them's, you know, a treasurer, one's a former CEO of Amex. There's a lot of interesting names on here. Your thoughts about that? And is it time to get tough on these crazy protesters that are blocking the Holland Tunnel and the bridge well, is all over? Come on. They're committing an insurrection. They want to overthrow the government. Their goal is not they don't care about the Palestinians. These are old fashioned, hardline communists. They now call themselves democratic socialists. Uh, they want to overthrow our government. 
and they're using the Palestinians as an excuse for that, and they are blocking access to the law. And the insurrection definition in the law is includes blocking access and denying people their rights. And anybody who wants to go home to be with their family for dinner is being denied their rights when these people block their access. So, yes, they should be arrested. And, yes, they, they, you know, they are as much insurrectionists, at the very least, as what President Trump was accused of doing when he made a speech on, on uh, January 6th. So let's have one standard for everybody, uh, including the Harvard board. That's, we live in a world which doesn't believe in a single standard, and we have to have a single standard for everybody. Well, thank you, uh, Professor Dershowitz. Uh, next Sunday, I already taped it, I have uh, Attorney General Bill Barr, and he was an attorney general 30 years ago, and he was an attorney general just a few years right. ago. So he's going to tell us the yeah. difference between the law 30 years ago and the law today. And thank you, Professor. And uh, we, we, we hope we bring America back to where it's supposed to be. With your help, we will. Thank you. Thank, thank you, so you Professor. And uh, joining us now, we have Brigadier General uh, John Tykert. And uh, General Tykert, um, we want to talk with you about the other big news today. My goodness, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, goes MIA, and then it comes out today he's got prostate cancer. The president didn't even know until the world knew a few hours ago. Where's the chain of command here? Rita, there is rightful concern about our Secretary of Defense going AWOL and knowing no one knowing about it. It's leadership and followership 101 that you don't surprise your boss and you keep your team in sync. And of course, our thoughts and prayers are with Secretary Austin and his prostate cancer, but the administration is lackadaisical and undisciplined in that there's a major break in the chain of command and no one seems to care and no one knows about it. Yeah, that, it's a big part. You know what I keep thinking about, um, General Tycord, is in the middle of all this, we got everything going on with Iran. We got all the issues with North Korea. We got Russia, Ukraine. And he's he's gone and nobody knew. This well, to me epitomizes. Know. The yeah. vice president didn't know. Uh, who knew? Nobody. And even his, his deputy. His subordinate didn't even know. Yes, his subordinate didn't even know. She just knew he had some routine something. It turns out he was an ICU. No, the Secretary of Defense has very unique authorities regarding military operations and deployments, and apparently he had handed them down in his own mind to his deputy, but she's on the beach somewhere, and no one's in charge of the entire Department of Defense. And his chief of staff uh, had the flu, and I, I, I thought they, when you have the flu, you could still use the telephone. <laughs> That's an interesting... It's unbelievable, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable to me. If I had an undisciplined subordinate that commanded a unit when I was a wing or base commander that went AWOL for four days and didn't tell me about it, they would be removed because I would have lost my confidence in their judgment. That's what happened here. And I can't believe that in the middle of all of a world that is unraveling because of weakness in the Biden administration, that now no one is in charge. General, this is Craig Eaton. I mean, like you just said, the world is at war right now. And I find it... It's ridiculous that the White House or no one in the White House, the president, vice president, didn't know. What if we needed this secretary? What if an, an emergent situation arose with one of these conflicts around the world? What, how long would it take to find out where he is and what's going on? I mean, well, and bad for bad for the president where you have a major subordinate at a time of crisis that is missing and you don't even know about it. So bad on Secretary Austin for not communicating. 
but bad on the president for running such an undisciplined organization that he didn't even notice that his secretary of defense was gone. But you think he would be speaking to his secretary of defense at least once or twice a day with all this conflict going on? I mean, he should have known. There's no excuse. That's exactly right. I mean, it's embarrassing. And I have to say, all of those authorities that the secretary is responsible for, they were just left undone. And if there was a major crisis, then no one would have been there to pick up the pieces. Yeah, that's really frightening. Well, General uh, John Tyker, we really appreciate your service and your insight. Thank and the you. the general is running for uh, the United, United States Senate, Senate in uh, Maryland. Maryland. And we wish you good luck. Uh, we need uh, tough American soldiers to be in leadership positions in our Senate. Thank you. This is just another example of why we need leaders, leaders not politicians, running our country. Yeah, bravo. Real thank, Americans. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, everybody, uh, coming up after the break, uh, we have the head of the NYPD union asking, why is a cop killer out on the streets after committing offenses over and over? That after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Well, we have seen these issues of repeat offenders getting out over and over again. Uh, but there has been a new case of a convicted cop killer who keeps getting locked up. And joining us now is the president of the PBA, NYPD's big union there, Pat Hendry. And uh, Mr. President Hendry, first of all, I just have to tell you, this to me is outrageous. First of all, the guy's out on the street. Can you talk about what's happening? Because uh, my heart breaks for law enforcement that you have to see this guy back out over and over again. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute travesty of justice that this cop killer keeps getting put back on the street. Let's not forget the fact of what happened in this case on June 19th, 1980. Police officer Joseph Keegan, while doing patrol in the subway system in New York City, stopped Bruce Lorick, who was trying to evade a fare. Instead of complying with Officer Keegan, he fought with Officer Keegan he was able to get Officer Keegan's gun and shot him point blank in the head and then fled the scene without regard for human life. Later on, he was captured and then convicted on all charges. And unfortunately, in April of 2021, he was put back on the streets of the city of New York. And as you said, he keeps on getting arrested over and over and over again. And the judges in these cases are continue 
to let this cop killer back on the streets of the city of New York. And every time they let Bruce Lorick back on the streets, it's a gut punch to the Keegan family. It's an absolute travesty what's going on in our court system. President uh, Henry, it's Judge Richard Warmberg. Good to talk to you again, sir. How are you, Judge? Let me tell you what my problem is. You have to start at the parole board level. You have a history Mm -hmm. now of dozens and dozens of dozens of cop killers being let out by the parole board. The parole board system has to be reformed. You have to put serious people on there who care about public safety and who respect the, the men and women in blue. That's number one. Number two, with respect to why the judges are letting them out, I'd have to see each case. But a large amount of the problem is that the New York State Legislature has taken the ability away from the judges to hold people in who are recidivists and who can constantly – only a few crimes, as you know, are bail eligible, which means the judges can set the bail. And New York State is the only state in the entire country that allows for – well, would, would, no discretion would, on public safety. Would the state of the state message today from the governor, uh, has he, has she offered any relief? Not, well, not so far. I haven't seen anything, any proposals. Well, well the, the law is clear. Uh, when someone's arrested uh, for a violation of their parole, they're supposed to do time and they're supposed to stay in jail. So that is clear in this case. So are the judges reading the law in this case? They should be holding these criminals accountable. And this criminal cannibal, and he should be in jail. I I agree with you. I, the whole problem of recidivism has to be confronted, and they need to do that. And the whole problem of giving judges absolute discretion to hold somebody in based on public safety has to be dealt with. You know, if, if, you're, if you're arrested for killing a police officer, you should not have the opportunity to get out on parole. There have, to be some, there have to be some guidelines out there where certain kinds of criminal activity that you're convicted of you should not have an opportunity to get out on parole, period. Oh, I, I agree with you. That's why I say you have to start at the very yeah. beginning. You have to clean up the parole boards. Give us a, a PBA president, please uh, give us a uh, update on uh, the amount of police officers out there and uh, how many should there be? Uh, so right now we have about 21,500 police officers. Uh, we, we basically are down... Uh, 7,000 police officers from the highest peaks in the NYPD. Our members right now are overworked, understaffed, not being able to get days off, uh, being forced to do enormous amounts of overtime. Uh, so, and they're having a hard time right now hiring, recruiting in the NYPD. Uh, and it's a huge, it's a huge problem. You know, what, what about the morale, too, to John's point? I'm stunned um, mm-hmm. just at that number when you just said you're yeah. 7,000. My jaw dropped in studio. At our highest peaks, yes. What, what, is, what is the morale like there, uh, PBA President Patrick Hendry? Uh, morale, morale, morale is at its lowest point. Police officers are at their breaking point right now. It, it's hard to, to get a day off. It's hard to uh, get a meal on patrol in commands across the city. Uh, in precincts where we would normally turn out six to eight patrol cars, we are now turning out two to three patrol cars. That is the reality of policing in the NYPD right now. Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, PBA President uh, Patrick uh, Hendry. Uh, and uh, please come on more often and, and give us updates. Yep, thank you. We are with you thank and the you men and women me. in blue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, Rita, I understand you have some hot news for us. 
It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. Well, as you heard at the top right here on Cats and Cosby with Professor Alan Dershowitz, uh, President Trump was in Washington, D.C. today as a federal appeals court considers whether or not he should be immune from prosecution, dating back to his time as president. Special counsel Jack Smith wants to try Trump in connection to the events of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Trump says unless he's immune, a Pandora's box will be opened, allowing for political prosecutions. 85 million people across the U.S. are under a flood watch as a winter storm descends on the country. And in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, up to four inches of rain are expected. They're coming down already and already wet saturated ground. And U.S. officials are calling accusations of genocide against Israel meritless. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was there today in Israel. This comes as the International Court of Justice will hear a case brought by South Africa accusing Israel of committing genocide against Palestinians in its war on the terrorist group Hamas. And those are your big Goya top stories of the day. Rita, you talk about uh, uh, Smith, uh, Jack Smith. Well, Jack Smith, the Department of Justice today increased security uh, on Jack Smith. Yeah, I saw that. And in I scene. sent I sent that story to Robert Kennedy, and I mean Robert Kennedy has zero. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, guys, I mean, isn't that crazy? And he keeps repeatedly asking. And also, John, in the case of Robert Kennedy, he's had people break into his home. I mean, what more do you need to say? I need security. And his uh, his father uh, get killed by uh, by terrorists his or uncle? whatever. His and uncle? his uncle. It I is mean, crazy. Let me tell you Biden something. Mr. President down. Joe Biden, you are wrong not to give Robert Kennedy a member of your own Democratic Party, any Secret Service protection. You are wrong, Mr. President. It is. It's a Now, disgrace. let's take a break. And guess what? We're going to be coming back uh, with Ted Cruz, the one of the smartest U.S. senators we have from Texas. And make sure you have that Texas music ready. And uh, <laughs> let's take a break right now. We'll be back with Ted Cruz. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. What is today is uh, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, one of the, I've been told, one of the smartest U.S. senators our country has. And uh, he's uh, uh, there to protect Texas and the United States. Uh, uh, well, good evening, Senator. How are you today? Good evening, John. Great to be with you. One of the largest problems our country has is the border. And you're from Texas, and you're right on the border. Uh, and things are getting worse instead of getting better. Uh, the federal government has sued Texas for what they're trying to do to protect their own constituents. But the governor uh, has the responsibility of protecting the Texas uh, constituents. How is this going to sort itself out? Well, I think the only way it's going to sort itself out is to get a new president who will actually enforce the law. Uh, The scope of the crisis at the border, it really does defy words. Until you see it firsthand, as bad as you think it is, I promise you it is worse. I spend a lot of time down at the southern border. 
I, every time I'm down there, I go out on midnight patrol with the Border Patrol agents to see firsthand. I bring a lot of senators down to the border so they can see firsthand what is happening. We have had 9.6 million illegal immigrants cross into this country under Joe Biden. It is over 10,000 people a day are crossing the border illegally. It is the highest rate in the history of the country. And, and the thing to understand, this is band-aid. It is caused by Joe Biden and the Democrats. They want this invasion, and they're perfectly happy to look the other way at the people who are dying. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. That's almost three a day. Last year, thousands and thousands of children were physically assaulted and sexually assaulted. Thousands and thousands of women were sexually assaulted. Over 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses, 70% of which was Chinese fentanyl flooding across our southern border. And all of this is because of deliberate decisions by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrats. I mean, the president of the United States is supposed to secure our borders. Has he violated uh, his oath? Absolutely. And, and I got to tell you, John, it, it is qualitatively different than we've ever seen in the history of the country. In fact, Joe Biden has, has made me do something I never thought I would do, which is miss Barack Obama. And look, Barack Obama, I disagreed with Obama on a lot of policies. But on immigration, by and large, Obama followed the law. What Joe Biden has done that no president of either party has ever done is he utterly ignores the law. And so why do we have this crisis? It's very simple. The reason is because when someone is apprehended illegally, by the way, you don't, the, the Border Patrol doesn't go hunt and look for them. The, the illegal aliens go and find the Border Patrol and they turn themselves in. When I go out on midnight patrol, I have groups of illegal aliens turning themselves into me. And the reason they turn themselves in is the Biden administration asks them, where do you want to go? And they tell them, all tell them a different city. And the Biden administration puts them on a plane or a bus and sends them to those cities. And and look, you're in New York City. The, the Democrat mayor there, Eric Adams, has said that it's a crisis, illegal immigration, that it is destroying New York City. Those are his words. That is with 110,000 illegal immigrants. Now, I agree New York is paying a real price for the Biden open borders. But if 110,000 is destroying New York City, what the hell do you think 9.6 million is doing to Texas and the rest of the southern border? What is the lawsuit going to do? I mean, the, the governor of Texas have, has the right to protect your constituents. I mean, if I had a home 100 miles from the border, I, I better buy extra guns. And you know what? They all are. Look, when you talk with farmers and ranchers, I was down last week in a ranch on South Texas. They'll, they're all armed. I had a South Texas mom who told me she does not allow her kids to go out on their ranch without a loaded firearm at all times. Because it is too dangerous for them to be on their own property. There is a lawlessness. And, John, where we are now, nobody who sees what's happening can defend it. Nobody in South Texas says this is a good thing. When they see the human suffering that Biden and the Democrats have caused. And the thing to understand is this is deliberate. When Biden came into the White House, he inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. We were having real success securing the border, and instantly, literally the very first month Joe Biden became president, the numbers skyrocketed. And the reason is simple. It is because Biden began using catch and release. When they apprehend someone, 
They just let them go. And that is what causes this crisis. Senator, somebody is paying airfare for Africans to fly to Mexico and to walk into the United States. Who is doing this? Well, we don't know entirely. What we do know is that the cartels are making billions of dollars from human trafficking. The going rate typically is between $3,000 and $12,000 that you have to pay a cartel to come in. And by the way, nobody comes into the country without paying a cartel. If you try to swim the Rio Grande on your own, the cartels will murder you. They have complete control of the southern side of our border. What it has done economically to the cartels, I'll give you some statistics from the New York Times. In the year 2018, the Mexican drug cartels made roughly $500 million from human trafficking. Last year, those same Mexican drug cartels made $13 billion from human trafficking. That is a 2,600% increase because they're literally printing money. And by the way, the three to $12,000 to come in, that's typically from Central or South America. If people are coming, say, from China, it can be upwards of $50,000. And, and, you know, many of the people who come, they still owe money to the cartels. They owe thousands of dollars. So when they get sent to New York City, when they get sent to Boston, when they get sent to every city in America, many of them are still working for the cartels to pay off the money they owe. And you look at the crime in New York City today – there is someone being mugged in New York. There is a car being broken into that. There are drugs being sold in New York in order to pay off the cartels, because if the people coming in don't pay off the cartels, the cartels will murder their families back home. Senator, I uh, pray for our country and I want to thank you for everything you do to protect Texas and to protect our country. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. God bless. Stars at night. Are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Okay, that is in honor of our U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, who Absolutely. is one smart guy, and he speaks out the truth, and he goes out there and, and kicks butt. It does, and it's going to be interesting. Tomorrow, first hearing on uh, Mayorkas impeachment, so let's see where that goes. We're going to be, tomorrow we have uh, Congressman Andy Biggs on the show, so that's going to be great, who's fighting the good fight along with Ted Cruz. And uh, joining us now, John, we have Greg Jarrett, uh, Fox News legal analyst, to talk about uh, so many things. He also is the author of the Constitution of the United States and other patriotic documents that he edited and put together. It's a great book. Um, Greg, first off, I got to get to you on this whole thing with Fannie Willis. This is the Georgia prosecutor. And this story is wild. She's the one who has that. It's the RICO case with uh, President Trump and all these others, you know, tied to uh, the election. And now it's like her lover. What uh, like was the guy who was the one who was prosecuting the case? And it turns out he had meetings at the White House. It sounds like the fix was in. Oh, it absolutely does. And, and we suspected that all along uh, because Fannie Willis contorted the racketeering law to bring the charges. Uh, so now we're left to wonder, you know, was it pillow talk that left uh, that led to the charges against Trump? I think the trial judge must hold a hearing, demand answers. Um, if warranted, the judge should then refer the accusations against Willis and her lover to the state attorney general. For immediate investigation and the trial itself against Trump should be paused until that probe is finished and the public can be assured 
that this prosecution against Trump was not poisoned by unethical, even corrupt conduct. Greg, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Good to have you on again. I think you're absolutely right. I think there are serious questions at the, at the very least of ethics and maybe illegality here. The whole thing makes the situation smell, the whole prosecution, the way it's been handled from beginning to end. What say you? Oh, I think you're right, Judge, as you usually are. If it's true that... Oh, don't Wallace say Peter- that. He's in studio with us. He's going to get a big head. He's going to get uh, very, very uh, cocky. not big enough for my head. Oh, huh? my goodness. Anyway, Greg. If it's true that Willis paid her lover, boyfriend, who is, by the way, inexperienced and unqualified as a prosecutor, a whopping $654,000 in taxpayer money, and then the two of them used some of it to take lavish vacations together. What is that? Well, Judge, you would probably call it misappropriation of public funds, honest services fraud. She was also uh, apparently hiring him without authority. That's an abuse of power. And what about the fact that he goes to the White House for two separate meetings with White House staff for eight hours at a clip? What is the White House doing having a conversation with somebody who's supposed to be doing a state prosecution, Greg? Yeah, doesn't it? It looks like corrupt conspiracy of uh, Joe Biden's White House to bring criminal charges against his principal of opponent. It's the definition of corruption. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of answers we need before this case against Trump, which was always tainted by political prejudice, moves forward. You know, uh, before we let you go, Greg Jarrett, uh, Hunter Biden, the uh, art dealer, was questioned today. Uh, yeah. I kind of go, what art? I'm not an artist, but I think I could do better than Hunter Biden's paintings. But talk about how that's important because of all the money stuff. That's interesting. It shows the House is still zooming in on him. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, kindergarten finger painting, and it ain't worth a nickel. Um, and yet he's selling it for sumptuous amounts of money. And, you know, oh, you know, the White House, so we, we put an ethics barrier. So he doesn't even know who's buying his his paintings. And, of course, under oath, we find out today from the art dealer that, of course, he knew who was buying them, and they were all Democrat donors who were helping Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So it puts a lie to Joe Biden's claims in the White House. And Craig Eaton, you've got a question for Greg. It just seems so clear to me that that Biden and the Democrats realize they can't beat Trump at the polls. So they need to beat him in the courthouse and they need to beat him in the press. There's a story out. And there's a story out. Desperate. There's yep. a story out, Rita. What's the story? Oh, yeah. This, Greg, you may have seen this, that journalists today who are outside the court where the courthouse where Trump was were caught on a hot mic talking about essentially, uh, boy, if Trump was assassinated, imagine if it happened wow. like JFK making jokes about it and uh, going on and on and on like, oh, maybe well, if it was a convertible, horrible. They, they were saying Talk that they can't bias. afford it was saying they can't afford the Democrats can't afford to have Trump in office, and that 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 is an alternative way of stopping it. Isn't that scary? Talk that's about scary. press bias. That's, that's disgusting, yeah. Greg. That's it, disgusting. It is. It's despicable. I mean, you know, you've heard of dark newsroom humor. That's over the top. But it underscores the media is in the bag for Biden. Uh, they're so terrified of Trump that you know they're willing. Uh, to do anything to win by hook or by crook, 
And to do that, you know, they're talking about despicable stuff. Absolutely. Thank Great, you, Jared. Greg, thank Jared. Thank you. Thank you very much. And keep telling the truth to the people. Thank My you, Greg. Pleasure. Very thank much. You. And now we have Dr. Peter Mihalos, uh today. And there was an interesting story today. I must drink six bottles of water a day. And it's in a plastic uh, container. Yep. Now, they say that there was like on every bottle of water, there's... How many? 240,000 pieces of nanoparticles in one liter of water versus only 5.5 in some of the tap waters, which is fascinating. And this is something that. And this uh, is plastic. This is plastic water in plastic containers. And plastic bottles. And these nanoparticles are associated with cancer and fertility and birth defects, and I first heard about this from Dr. Magdalena Swarczewski, an anti-aging specialist, five years ago. She was warning me about this, and now it's really starting to come out, and uh, the environment, the National Institute of Environmental Health and Sciences says that it's linked with all these brain, immune, and other problems, but nano means tiny in Greek, and those tiny pieces of plastic they actually found are getting into the brain and crossing the blood-brain barrier, which is really blow-away so it may be related to all other kinds of problems. Alzheimer's so and, and Parkinson's could be that. Yeah, so in addition, we're buying, spending all this water on plastic bottle of water. We may have to do a second stage filter and filter our water again just to be able to get out some of these uh, plastic microparticles and, and but, nanoparticles. But, but water in bottles, in glass bottles, doesn't have that problem. Is that correct? Well, it depends what it was stored in. If it was stored in giant vats of plastic tanks and then transferred into a glass bottle, so it would have to be tested. So what we really need to do is to actually start testing. And just like we have the calorie count on a, on anything we buy in a supermarket, we might have to say that this bottle of water went through the laser scanner and it was found to have you know the minimal and have like a, a minimal safety amount, but probably no amount is normal because. When we evolved in uh, billions of years on the planet or uh, last uh, the period that the human beings were on the planet, we weren't really uh, exposed to these plastic particles. So it probably has health effects that we really don't know about. And as we talked about in WABC before, our technology is sometimes ahead of our biology. Uh, doctor, there was one more subject you wanted to talk about. Is that is that the one on the aspirins, or which one did you want to talk about? Well, we, we, we talked about that people who are on aspirin, it was found that those uh, people had less metastatic disease. Metastasis means that a cancer starts somewhere and it spreads somewhere else. And uh, one of the original papers was actually written several years ago by Dr. Basil Regas from Stony Brook, who said that low-dose aspirin, actually those people had less colorectal cancer. So inflammation is involved in cancer. So having lower inflammation, less cancer. But it was an interesting study that said that they looked at a large number of people and small, low doses of aspirin seemed to be inhibiting or blocking the spread of metastatic cancers, which is another interesting finding. So we're seeing all these great, interesting scientific... So so aspirin is, again, a miracle drug. Well, it's always been a great drug, but I think in low doses, because when you take one aspirin, it actually affects your platelets for 90 days. It inhibits a pathway called cyclooxygenase, which is basically how sticky uh, your blood clotting system is. And that's why they tell you to stop aspirin seven days before surgery. So you make some fresh platelets so you have good clotting. Even before you go to the dentist, you have to remember to probably slow up on aspirin, of course. Always speak to your doctor first. 
so you don't have a lot of gun bleeding, even with a dental cleaning or a dental procedure. Wow, well, you always, we always get such great stuff from great, Dr. Great Peter information, Mihalos. Great information. Thank you, Dr. Peter Mihalos, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you for always getting the truth out on the Cats and Cosby show. Thank let's you. Ta- let's take one more break, and right after the break, who do we have, Rita? We have Suffolk County, New York, DA Ray Tierney, who's talking about fentanyl, something fentanyl. every American Hundreds should care about. Hundreds of thousands about. of people are dying from fentanyl. What happened in Albany today? It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And well, by the way, Ed Foreman just called yes, me or texted me. Yes, and he had some really interesting stuff about, we were talking about bottled water, and he was saying that, that the plastic relates to everything in plastic. Everything, whether you have juice. Soda. Or whether you have soda yeah. or whatever it is. That's think, a really important it's point. It's the same situation on the plastic. Think about how many products, sodas, juices, everything's in plastic today. That's scary. Very scary. Very scary, and it translates Thanks, just like you said. Everything for, for your comments. Yeah, thank you. We'll give we'll give them credit and right, joining us now. Have, yeah, we have a Suffolk County DA uh, Ray Tierney is going to be calling us in one second. We have him here now, and uh, Mr. DA, it's wonderful to have you here, Ray. And let me ask you: uh, You went up to Albany to talk about fentanyl. Earlier in the show, we had Ted Cruz talking, of course, about just how dangerous everything's happening across the border. Fentanyl is affecting every community, Suffolk County, of course, but all over the country. Talk about uh, the discussion and how important this is, Mr. DA. Yeah, well, it's extremely important. Uh, last, uh, in 2022, we had 400 uh, fentanyl overdose deaths. That's in a county where we had uh, nearly 30 homicide deaths. So obviously, it is a, a huge problem uh, in our our state, uh, in our country, in our region, uh, and we need to do something about it. We need to stop talking about it and, and doing something about it. So uh, we set forth uh, four legislative proposals that, if enacted, we think would really help. Yeah, now um, we we can kind of hear you. Or you're off a little bit off. If you can get into a little bit better well, area, it's pretty far. Yeah, it is pretty far, but it's not tin cans. I think it's a phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> not like the old days, right? Um, but, uh, but Ray, Ray, um, you know, you brought up that there were four different proposals. Um, this is such a huge, huge issue. I don't know if you could, can you hear us, Mr. DA? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Talk about also how much uh, fentanyl is affecting uh, Suffolk County, for example, because there, are, it seems that no community is off limits, sadly, from this, and how toxic it is. Well, you know, um, two milligrams is enough to kill uh, one individual. That's about what a grain of rice weighs. So it's unbelievably powerful, uh, and it's uh, made in the lab, so it's readily available. And uh, you know, it's, it's unlike any other substance we've ever really dealt with before, and it's, it's really wreaking havoc. Uh, and we need to be able to uh, hold people in on bail uh, who uh, sell it. We need to charge people with death by dealer if they're responsible for the deaths of people uh, after they distribute it. Uh, and there, there are a host of other things that we need to do. Uh, again, we stop talking about it, but doing something about it. Did, did the governor address the, the problem? Um, she addressed uh, she addressed fentanyl in her um, speech. I, I don't know whether or not there was any specifics given as to 
uh, what she was going to do. He provided her with four proposals, so I'm hoping uh, she'll carefully consider it. Uh, we went out with a whole bunch of victims' families, uh, and we got a, we had a great response from from our legislators. So we're hoping we're going to get some movement. Well, that is so important. Um, Ray Tierney, thank you very, very much, uh, the Suffolk County, New York DA. Keep us posted. And thank in. you for calling in. Yeah, Ray, thank you for calling in from up there. And you are welcome anytime. It's such an important topic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. You know, he was just talking about something. how a, toxic it is. What a mess yeah, we one have. One tiny little little drop. It is so toxic. It is time to get tough. Craig? I, I just wanted to say, John, we were talking earlier about um, – Chief of Department and Commissioner Joe Esposito passed away. Yes, and, um, this morning. It was so sad. What a he, great a, guy. He was a very close friend of mine from Brooklyn. He was a gentleman. He was the cop's cop. And uh, it's, a, it's a real loss to the city of New York. And emergency management, too. Yeah. He had he so many so management. many layers in, in New York. And everybody loved uh, Joe well, he Esposito. He was such a, was a great, great guy. guy. He, he was. was such a great guy. A gentleman. No one had a bad word to say about him. God a bless gentleman. him. I had a couple of fun dinners family. with him. Yeah. And he is such something. a great guy. I'm getting texts all over the place. This was a great show, Rita. And thank you, uh, Craig Eaton. Thank you, Judge Weinberg and Rita. Thank you. Thank you, John, too. It was a great show. Boy, we pack a lot in. And you will get the best guests and best commentary right here on Cats well, and Cosby. this is the number one show, but three to one of any other talk show. Thank you so much, and God bless. Uh, uh, what are we saying for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. God bless America. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.